I'm still drinking and I feel very drunk and I feel very sad because I'm like, I'm drinking <laughs> on my own. I mean, <laughs> I, I am also drinking. So technically we're drinking together just like across time and space. Uh, does it count if we're in different places? Like, yeah, shall, totally. can you like drink on the phone with someone and like, is that acceptable? Yeah, that's being social. You're interacting with someone whilst doing it. Okay. Therefore, it's a social activity. Fair enough, fair enough. It counts. Like, um, it counts that, like, I was doing it with somebody earlier, and, like, I'm still yeah, doing like it you... now, but with someone on Skype. I feel like that's okay. To be fair, earlier this week, I drank a lot of cider on my own and watched High School Musical to make notes on it. So, like, <laughs> if if you're in the wrong, I'm also in the wrong. Everyone's because... in the wrong here. Hi, I'm Mark. Hi, I'm Sophie. And this is You Know What I Like, where we sit down each month and flail about something that we're unhealthily obsessed with. You know what I like? High School Musical! High School Musical is a film series produced by Disney under their Disney Channel original movie banner. The first in the series premiered on Disney Channel in 2006 and blew up, quickly becoming the most popular Disney Channel original movie to have ever been created. Its popularity spawned a sequel, High School Musical 2, that aired on Disney Channel the following year, and eventually a feature film that debuted in cinemas in 2008. Directed by Kenny Ortega, the franchise is renowned for launching the careers of actors who are now ubiquitous with Disney, as much as many of them have tried desperately to shake the connection in recent years. The film starred Zac Efron, Vanessa Hudgens, Ashley Tisdale, Lucas Grabeel, Corbin Blue, and Monique Coleman. The first half of that cast might be more familiar to you than the latter half, but the films made names of the entire cast nonetheless. The film series follows Troy and Gabriella, played by um, Efron and Hudgens and their group of friends as they advance from their sophomore year of high school through the summer and ends with their graduation, just before they all head off for college. Gabriella's appearance at the school sets off a chain reaction through the other students, allowing them a freedom to express themselves that they never thought possible. What is your history with High School Musical, Mark? I'm one of those people who has been watching it from the very beginning. So, like, because when we got um, Disney Channel as children, I, I say children, like, I was, like... Um, like fully a like, teenager. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was 15 at the time. And I got, like, fully into um, all of the content that um, they produced on um, Disney Channel. So there's like um, Wizards of Waverly Place, um, drawing a blank, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yeah, like um, all of the programs and all the films. So so, like I was like primed when like um, High School Musical came out. And then because we're in the UK, so like it came out like a bit after like America. So like I'm assuming that at that point, like it was already a hit in America. Yeah. So there were like um all of these like very slightly um different versions of the film that um came out on TV at the time. Yeah. So there was like the original, which I watched when it first like showed in the UK. Then there was like a sing along version, like a dance along version, like like a version that had like um facts that like popped up every now and then. <laughs> and like it was like two months of it being on, like, not every day, but like basically every day. 
Yeah. And I would watch it, like, basically every time. <laughs> and I'm not sure why, but for some reason, like, it just, like, like grabbed me. Yeah, you just got it. Yeah. And then when 2 came out, like, a year after, like, I was, like, fully ready for a sequel. I was like, I am so ready. This is amazing. <laughs> and then when the third film came out, um, like, because the third film um, came out, like, in cinemas. Yeah. But, like, at the time, I was too, like, afraid of being judged to, like, um to ask to go and see it in the cinema. Yeah. Like, um, I ended up watching it on iTunes when it came out um, on there. And I know, like, um, I actually watched it, like, the day before I moved away for university. Oh, um, Like, I'm on my own, I'm in my room on my bed, like, like such... for my tunes. This has gone such a it's sad so mark. I didn't think we were going to get into the depths of, like, our souls with high school It gets far but... worse. It gets far worse. Oh, babe. And, like, like, because the third film is all framed around them leaving high school and going away to college. Yeah. Like, I was, like, sat there, I'm on my own, like, I'm crying in my room, just, like, tears oh. pouring, like, I relate to this film so much! The, oh. like, like, I feel like I was, for each film, like, I was the kind of perfect age for each yeah. film at the time. Yeah, you are sort of, like, the same age as the characters. Yeah, that, like, um, this film series just, like, 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 it means a lot to me, but, like, even though, like, I know that they're, like, um, objectively bad films... Yeah. But I still, like, um, wholeheartedly love them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went deep. Yeah, we did, for some reason. <laughs> um, Were you the same, Sophie? No. <laughs> I was, like, the exact opposite of this. Okay. <laughs> because I think when they came out, I if you're 15, I must have been, like, 14. Yeah. So I think I was in the midst of my, like gothy alternative moment which has never fully left me but was like that's where i was at with life um and i very i wasn't like consciously like i will not like high school musical but i didn't Mm. have disney channel so i didn't i wasn't able to watch it when it first came out anyway yeah and then you know when like there's such a hype around something and you're like alternative and cool so you're like i will not like this thing because i am alternative to the mainstream (laughs) so like it wasn't like super consciously doing that but i think subconsciously there was like a bit of that at play So so you were like aware of it at the time I was I was aware of it, and I think that was part of it is because I was aware of the hype around it, and everyone was like Zac Efron is the most dreamy man in the whole world. We'll and get I was to that. Like, we'll get to that, but yeah. I was like not into it. So I was just, I think I would have been the person that if you'd brought up High School Musical, I would have been like, oh, I don't like that shit. Yeah, you know. So like, I wasn't like gonna be like anyone who likes this is super rubbish, but I also wasn't like jumping on that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but I spend a lot of time on Tumblr because I like run a blog on there and stuff. Yeah. So like across the years, I've like because it's become like there's like moments that have become like kind of memes or at least they're like reblogged a lot. So there was like aspects of it that I'm familiar with. Like I know that if you yell "What team?" you have to yell "Wildcats" back. Yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, what team? Wildcats! What team? Wildcats! What team? Wildcats! 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 Yeah, so, like, stuff like that, like, I was aware of. And, like, the bit where he's singing on the golf course. Okay. Will I find what I lost you? No, you can't bet on it, bet on it, bet on it, bet on it. I've seen that done a lot. So I had, like, a residual knowledge. And then we, 
did we have a tradition um mark lives in a different city to me every now and then when we are reunited we will get drunk and watch films together and eat a lot of food and it's great cheese 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 oh, cheese lots of cheese yeah oh, good cheese if you want any good cheese recipes come to us guys <laughs> um so we did one where essentially we played the high school musical drinking game and we watched all three films back to back and it was glorious and I finally gained context for all these things that I vaguely knew. And to be honest with you, it was like the perfect way to experience them. And I'm really glad we did it that way because it was great. Um, so I then... forgot about that game. Oh, it was so good. God, we got so drunk with that game. It was, oh, it was lethal. It was. But effective. I don't even know what the rules were, but like, I drink remember every being time so Ryan drunk. wears a hat, okay. a different hat. Yeah. Um, there were a variety. I'm sure if you Google it, it comes up very easily. God, that was bad. Uh, it was it was great. Yeah, though. yeah, like it was great, but point. it was like bad for like, like um, alcohol like, level. It was a great introductory experience. Mm-hmm. And then I rewatched the first one for this episode, but not the other two because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's like the potted history yeah. of my history. Okay. Yeah. Um. Um. Because I've got such like a deep knowledge of these films and Sophie has like a passing knowledge I thought that it'd be good to bring on someone who has like zero experience with the films to like try to get like a more fresh experience on like on what these films are and what these films like like contain so I brought on someone that you might remember from our fifth episode about um Final Fantasy Nick Gonzo yay so the first thing that I thought that I should do is to get him to try to predict what the films were going to be just from looking at the cover of the DVD that I bought and without any other pre-knowledge of what the films were going to be. And here is what Nick predicted. So do you want me to start riffing off the box? Okay, so um, the first impression I get is that it, it happens in a high school and it may also be a musical. Um, it's I can see on the right. Just looking at it, it involves some form of rivalry between sports teams or something. Um, I am. You can read some. Can of I read some of it? Say. Okay. Oh, the all-new smash hit Disney Channel original movie everyone is talking about now available for the first time ever on DVD. So yeah, I, I imagine that Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens somehow want to be together but can't be. Is it a remake of Romeo and Juliet set in a high school oh, with music? God. Yes, in a way, in like a really like sad, sad, sad <laughs> way. Yes. Okay, well, that's there you go. That's what it is. All I can tell you is that the High School Musical Two is extended, dan- extended, extended dance edition. In fact, they're all extended editions, so Lord knows uh, there'll be some. There'll be longer than they should be. Seven hours uh, of film. Seven hours of film. Jeez, but because um, my memory of high school will be, it'll be sweaty, mm-hmm. awkward. Um, you will, you will meet somebody. You think you're in love with them, you're not really, and then you realise that when you actually get together, you've got nothing to talk about. That'll be High School Musical, and I hope it's just like that. Yeah, they won't They won't actually talk to each other, they'll just talk about each other. They'll kiss, but then just pretend they had sex. That's, that's usually what happens. In a Disney film. In a Disney film. Um, yeah, I wonder what is a certificate 18. Um, high School Musical... <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah. Right, there's a question, right? Yeah. So this is the High School Musical set in an actual high school. Yes. How how much of it is devoted to musical? How much of it is devoted to actual learning? Does anyone do any exams in it? In a way? 
Like, that's kind of spoilers for the third film. Is it a high... Uh, yeah, right. In the third film, do they get to the point where they have to do all this exams and find out that they actually haven't done any learning for three years and they all failed dismally. <laughs> of the end, the landing scene, like, Zac Efron sat there to put an exam and he's like, puts his hand up and goes, hey, teach, uh, there's no questions on this uh, on this exam about music. And he's like, no, it's a science exam. He's like, what do you mean? Why, what is Why does he sound like Bob Dylan? But, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> but, yeah, though, I, I really hope that this is half as good as I think it's going to be in my head. What kind of characters do you think... Well, there's going to be a uh, white jock, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to be a misunderstood jock. So he's that, like he's really good at everything and attractive, but for some reason, just like there's other people who just don't like him. Mm-hmm. Then there's going to be attractive girl, attractive brainy girl, black friend... Oh my god, you're very on the nose. <laughs> Alright, um, Black Friend is going to be the only person who raps as well. Like, he's going to be like, he's like, I don't get your white man music. <laughs> you know, um, there's going to be, there's going to be, um, there's going to be cool teacher. There's okay. going to be harsh teacher uh-huh. who probably has a role that no one quite understands. Like, he doesn't teach his class, but he's not actually the principal. Okay, might, he's like, just there. it's like his name's like, uh, Vice Principal Trumbly or something, and he goes around going like, Wilson, stop singing in the hallway! I can't wait to get your ass in detention! Or something like that. Oh, Maybe that he's a person who you don't really think is a teacher. Yeah, like, yeah, he's like, just there all the yeah, time. Yeah, he's just there all the time, just like busting up into the place. It was one of my school, his, I can't remember his name, but he was like the vice principal, and he never actually taught anything, he just wandered around being angry all the time. He'll be in it. Okay. There may be a gym teacher who really believes in. The team, the team can finally do it. They can get to regionals this time, you know. Um, yep. Oh, or anything. there will be a very limited plot, okay. which will probably be, you know, I'm struggling with the weight of, uh, like, I'm struggling with the probably. A, I imagine that somebody's parents might get divorced. That may happen. It's okay. it's seven hours of film. <laughs> Like, someone's parent has to get divorced, or uh-huh. someone has to, like, I'm moving away to the country! Oh no, if I don't pass this exam, I have to go to summer school! You know, I need the extra credit assignment! That sort of thing. I like how it's all set in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 what, um, that's what Americans sound like okay. to me. They come up to me, no matter where they're from, like, hey, it's good! <laughs> no, um, this, that's, that's my high school teen one, because it's okay. like, turns to the camera and is like, um, my parents are divorcing, and the prom is tomorrow! You know, that sort of thing. Nobody will have sex. I reckon that the most they'll do is hug. Maybe a kiss. Okay. Yeah, not like a passionate sort of kiss. And like, they'll do it perfectly as well. They won't do that actual high school thing of kiss somebody, they'll kiss me and then just do it wrong. I'll just okay. you know, like, you'll just be like, you pull away and you've got trails of saliva coming away from each other's okay. faces. Something so will... There'll be no tongue or anything involved. Oh, no tongue, no, no, no tongue, no. No, 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 no groping, just yeah. a bit of on the lips. Okay, that's true. Yeah, no, yeah. Not even like upstairs, outside, you know, like up outside the clothing Second groping. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I imagine there probably will be somebody gay, but there'll be Disney gay. Mm-hmm. So they won't have a boyfriend. Okay. And they'll just be like, I'm gay! And they'll never explain what it is. Okay. Like, they will never attempt to like, have a partner or anything mm-hmm. or even hold hands or be a near another man yeah. but they'll just have to struggle with their homosexuality I in a really know. it's in a really nebulous way uh-huh. okay yeah I like how you've got like a like a lot of the film you've got <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, 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 I can't I imagine it'll just be like a TV somebody's read a TV tropes article for something yes. else yes. like it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be saved by the bell without screech um, do you think it's going to be good no not even for a fun? second. I don't know if I'll have fun. I I genuinely don't. I I I I don't know if I'll enjoy watching the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. 
I think I'll be watching it just going, oh no, and you know, just over and over again, like, I can't believe that's happened. But I, I don't think that I'll, I, I'll be surprised if I take some genuine enjoyment out of it. Well, I, I find Zac Efron to be quite an attractive man, and yeah. I find Vanessa Hudgens to be a very attractive woman, so I am, um, I imagine there'll be some enjoyment out of that. Okay. <laughs> Sort of have it um, unmuted. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone is pretty. Everyone is aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> no one is fat. Yeah. Um, if the only person, the only reason anyone would ever be fat would be for plot reasons. We're going to be watching the American Dream live on television, and it's going to be like a Nazi eugenics experiment. That's a bit more kind of negative than like I wanted to, <laughs> to, kind of, um, to be in. But... Uh, well, you know. By the way, we're drinking cheeky Vimto's for the first time in my life, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Like it just tastes like sweets. Mm. It does. I imagine I'm going to leave with black teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. I mean, let's be honest. He's not wrong. I mean, like, it's hard to say. Like, um, in the actual clip, like, um, you can um, hear me say that, like, um, he's not wrong. But, like, like, I wouldn't say that these films are, like, um, at all subversive. Yeah. In, like, what you think the film is going to be. No. So. Like, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. They pretty much whack it on the tin high school musical and you're like these are the three components (laughs) or rather like the two components of it and that's what you get yeah like if you see that name and you like don't don't want to watch that then you aren't going to be like um surprised or anything yeah like from a branding point of view like you're there yeah it's like oh what's the name of the musical oh i wonder what it's going to be about you know yeah there you've got it (laughs) like cats what's cats gonna be about it's gonna be about cats it's in the title it's the only part of the title but you know but if you don't like cats then don't go you know i kind of wish that like um all films were kind of named like that like in like a very like straightforward way (laughs) like um john wick was called like um guy kills like a bunch of people and you're like okay okay well i haven't seen john wick one i can't comment john wick 2 was not good what would you call um john wick 2 then shit film don't go see ouch it was rubbish they have it is a film that has the teenage boy market market absolutely in mind Mm -hmm. because so would you call it like um teenage boy film fight man die there is there is literally a moment and the only purpose of it is so that you can get a gratuitous shot which i didn't say right but we'll go forward (laughs) you just get this shot of ruby rose's arse and she's pulling out a knife she i didn't need to see like, I love Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose is in it. She's a, yeah, she's a very Ooh. attractive woman. However, that shot of her arse was unnecessary and is literally just to titillate teenage boys in the audience. Okay. I do want to use that as a transition into talking about the um, these films, though. Okay. So, what I realised watching today, um, as like a um, as like a um, twenty five year old, yeah, um, is the uh, these films are both. Very good at being feminist, and also they are both like very sexualized at the same time. And okay, it's like, I'm, is this... this for me? Okay, so what I've realized is that so you have like a lot of like um female characters who do have agency and do like make their own like choices in life, like, um, and you have like a range of um female characters so you have um like um gabriella who is the like smart genius girl who like she's not beholden to troy in her life like she 
uh, even though she is like in love with him like she still makes choices on what is best for her to do for her whole life and then you have Sharpay who is the kind of classic mean girl character who like um even though she also likes Troy she, like she also has dreams um like far outside of Troy and what he likes to do in his life and I come unlike then you have people like um Kelsey the person who writes the musical and um Taylor who does end up with Chad but she's still like she still feels like a regular person like you do have this like whole range of like different kinds of female characters but then what me and Nick noticed while watching the first film is that for most of the characters they go for this strange like um costume design that is oh, both God. like um extremely young but also like super sexualized at the same time it's like i'm very confused about what you're trying to do with this costume design i had fashion watch thoughts because mostly they were like oh god will we get a fashion watch because this is all horrendous but like um do you understand what i mean my question is if the characters are essentially stereotypes can they be considered feminist and this is not necessarily something i'm saying that this film can't be yeah. but it's a question because they are very stereotypical characters yeah if they just fill a stereotype can you still consider them to be for example like good feminist film if they're not you know like do would you say that they're stereotypes and in, in that position you can't or would you say that they go beyond being stereotypes because i've only seen them under the influence of alcohol so <laughs> i don't necessarily trust my capacity to judge this because i maybe wasn't paying super large amounts of attention at some point yeah um for the record um both of us um have been drinking so this may yeah. come across like slightly more like um stream of consciousness stream of consciousness or stream of slurring good. than we otherwise would <laughs> Yeah, well, um, like, I do think that you do have a good point with that. Like, um, I do feel like um, a part of that limit is the fact that this is, like, a kids-slash-teens um, Disney movie. Yeah, like, I'm not necessarily looking to Disney Channel to create the feminist media that I am desiring. I yeah. just, if if we're arguing that these are really good, crafted female characters, can you really argue that if they are also very stereotypical? Like, is that... Do they cancel each other out? Does it not? Like, um, I personally would argue that while they are all, like, definitely tropes and um, archetypes of characters, for what they are, and for the kind of media that you might expect from from Disney, um, at least, like, um, low-budget Disney, yeah. like, they are characters who do appear to have lives and characters um outside of the male characters and they do have friendships between the female characters that that like um go beyond like like a single line that like passes the kind of Bechdel test but okay. like but they do seem to have like you have like um Taylor and um Gabriella who do seem like genuine friends who do like talk about things um, other than boys like math yeah. Science. <laughs> yeah. I picked up. See, I paid attention. I paid some attention. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll throw it out to the listeners and ask for thoughts. Yeah. Like, um, and... do you think that you can have characters that are both tropes and good examples of female characters? Because, like, um, I personally would argue that um, um, in this film they are both. Like, I'm not going to argue that they're like 
complex layered characters i i lean more towards they might not be bad female characters but i don't necessarily think they're very good feminist female characters like but the, i could be wrong like I, um, I wouldn't say that they're the paragon of like female characters but like yeah. i feel like for for what this film is like um nobody's that complex in these films <laughs> They're all on a similar level. Yeah, like we're we're not we're not having like deeply complex men whilst the women are tropes. Like we're all tropes here. Exactly. Like I feel like like you would tend to have with these like with like a lot of um, a lot of media. Like you do have like a lot of tropes characters from like big Marvel films or whatever. Yeah. Like you have um everyone is kind of a trope, but then yeah. you do um also have like um Black Widow. Um, being like a poorly developed character, I'm outside yeah. of sexualized figure. Yeah, indeed, one could say. <laughs> the alcohol comes out. The feminist discourse comes out. <laughs> like, so you can have both. Like, so yeah. you can have them be a trope and a good, like, feminist character. Yeah, but then you can um, um have them be tropes and be bad feminist characters. But I also, I also just want to talk about like some of the fashion choices. I'm specifically talking first film. Okay. Okay, this seems like a good time for Sophie's Fashion Watch. Um, okay, I just have thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know how in previous episodes we've talked about, is this an American thing that we as British people don't get? Or is this a weird thing of the media? Yeah. So, like, they all wear clothes that sort of look like they could be scaled up and unfashionable businesswomen would wear. You know, like, Sharpay wears that pink, like, blazer and then like pencil skirt combo yeah. that's like a pink tweedy that kind of thing yeah which like we had non-uniform days at our school and no self-respecting 15 year old is wearing that um i like how that like um how that look is like a very specific look but like i know what you mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there are there are just a lot of fashion choices specifically from the women in this film yeah. like the boys are mostly appear to be in basketball uniforms yeah. a lot of the time um but like a lot of the clothes that the women wear are very like late noughties sort of fashion style yeah. like i can see that but they also seem to be like clothes that like a child who is trying to dress as an adult would wear yeah if that makes sense yeah. you know like you go into your mom's closet and you put all these stuff on and you think you look really grown up but actually it just looks a bit weird yeah like that kind of um ties into what like i was saying about like them being like dressed like children but there's also like yeah. a really like um, low-cut shirt at the same time like i'm very confused about like what you're trying to say about this character's age i just want to know like were teens in america in that year wearing stuff like that or is it just a bizarre costuming choice is i don't know i don't have an answer i'm not familiar enough with disney films to know like Mm -hmm. if this is common or if this is just odd but i found it odd um if i can butt in your fashion watch with my thoughts on the third film go for it so i'm going from the first film to the third film like the first thought is like whoa budget like because the third film like was like a feature film and like it's clear yeah. from both the saturation of like super like vibrant colors and like what everyone is wearing that they had like far more budget to make people look good so, i'm just getting it up now yeah like i'm um, so um 
um the main person who's who's kind of um who's kind of clothes I noticed was um was um Taylor's clothes. Who Yeah. She suddenly like picks up this style that is that is like a shirt with a sweater vest and like a peaked collar and then like a short tie. Naturally. But like but like it's always in like really like vibrant colours. But like I really liked it. Like like it is that style that you said about like um, if you scaled it up, like you could like imagine like a version of these clothes that would yeah. be worn by like businesswomen. I just I, that, but I find that weird. Why? <laughs> because it's like I never dressed like an like a tiny adult when I was a teenager. I dressed mm-hmm. like a teenager. Okay. Like I wore. We were talking about like I wore gothy clothes for a while, and then I went into other things. Like I never wore. I never knew anyone who dressed like a tiny adult would dress. And I don't know if this is like the Hollywood effect, the Disney Channel effect, or if this is like an American thing. I do think it's definitely from Disney. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And it's like, it's a tiny detail, really, when you look at like the storyline and the characters as well. But there was just such like an unbelievability to me in like the fashion. I know what you mean. So um, there's a problem with the fashion in the first film where like the kind of um, costume designers like don't seem to know um, how to make um, colors match. Like I'm not sure yeah. like if that was like a thing in the noughties where like um like they just like didn't think about the color of things or if that's just like yeah. just like a Disney thing. But like I'm um, in the third film, like you do have um people like um Sharpay, like um right at the start, like she's in this like um outfit that has. Like, it has shoulder pads, which is, like, a choice that you can make. But she has, like, a pink, like, pattern on the shoulders. And then, like, um, her skirt matches the pink. And then, like, um, her shoes match the pink. And I'm like, like, this is, like, an actual, like, like, complete outfit. Which seems strange after going from the first film of, like, mismatched clothes. To, like, um, go into, like, an actual period where you have, like, clothes that make sense. I mean, I guess, I guess it just sounds like third movie had their shit together on the costuming department a bit. Yeah, more. and the fact that they had a, um, like a budget to actually like buy clothes that match, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, can we bring it back to the first film? Because my final fashion point question it is a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, first film opens up. New Year's Eve party. It's all happening. Why is everyone wearing giant hats? My my guess is like a bit light, a bit meta in the fact that they had a, like they had like a budget for the film, and they thought like like we've spent the budget I'm on this scene, but we have like a bit of money left. What can we buy? Fucking tons of hats. There is a man. There is a kid in a giant yellow hat with orange polka dots. Okay. There is a kid in a giant orange cowboy hat. Yeah. There is a kid in a giant Viking hat. Yeah. The hats go... There are multiple oversized hats in the opening scene. And yet, no one comments on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't in any way... I didn't see, like, a, a poster that was like, come to the New Year's Eve party, bring a giant oversized hat. I was about to say that, yeah. I just have questions. I've never been to a giant oversized hat party. But you want to now, like don't I've you? I've missed out on my youth. Yeah. Yeah. Where were they in my youth? <laughs> I hung out down fields in the middle of the countryside. I didn't have giant oversized hat parties. I mean, like, um, all you um, have to do is ask, really, Sophie, and then you can just get, like, a, a um, big hat party. Well, let's do it. 2017 going into 18. 
giant oversized hat party. It's happening. Join in. <laughs> Send us pictures of you in your giant oversized hats. It'll be great. Hashtag big hats 2017. Well, we're already bringing back capes for 2017. Why not big hats? Um, um, everything oversized. Yeah. yeah. Capes, hats. Just clothes. Just walk around in tents. Don't bother. <laughs> You know. I feel like we're never going to be like um, the source of like um, fashion trends in the future. No, like, you can probably tell that already. <laughs> and that's the end of this month's Fashion Watch. I have a question. Um, it's sort of a question that we have kind of talked about like personally, but not like recorded. Yeah. How does a musical aspect work in this world? Right. In what sense? Okay. Okay, so we're talking about the first film. Yeah. The first song in the first film mm-hmm. is a karaoke song that yes. Troy and Gabriella have been forced into doing. Ooh, I know that something has changed. Never felt this way. And my hand tonight. This could be the start of something. So that song is a song that is recognised in-universe as them performing a song. Yes. The next song, the Wildcats song, as I called Mm -hmm. it in my notes, is like the typical musical expressing your inner thoughts instead of speaking them moment. Which would imply, you know, like you're not consciously engaging with the act of singing as an autonomous human being, but you're, like, using a song to express inner thought. Why yeah. am I feeling so wrong? My head's in the game, but my heart's in the song. She makes it feel so right. Uh, should I go for it? I'm gonna shake this. Yikes. Like, which, what is, like, and then at various points, they are consciously performing, like, breaking free. But at other points, they are using music as, like, an expression of their thoughts. Like, is this inconsistency okay? Is it not okay? I don't know. But I just felt like I needed to, like, open that discussion. This is a conversation that, that, um, that like, I've actually had, like, a few times. Yeah. Uh, like, um, like, about what you can actually call a musical. Yeah. And, like, I'm in my head, like, I'm... Um, um, I don't know how, like, um, how widely this, like, um, is like a definition, but like, something is a musical in the broadest sense if there is, um, like, um, if there is at least one song where the characters are singing a song as a metaphor for their feelings. But okay, is, are there not musicals in which people perform songs and they are performing songs, but it still counts as a musical? Case in point, right? Yeah. Beautiful, the musical, the story of Carol King, features songs which Carol King wrote before she was a solo artist and her first solo album. All of these songs are not used as vehicles of expression, apart from the fact that these are songs she wrote at these points in her life, so you get the backstory to that song. But yeah. they are all songs which were released as commercial hits, and it is, you know, she's not performing Here Is My Inner Monologue, she's performing songs that she's written. But that is still a musical. Um, I personally would call that a film with songs. It's not a film. It's a, it's a production, a like stage a, production. So, like, um, I would call that like a play with songs. Like, um, I feel like to be like a musical in the kind of like classic 
um definition of the term is that you have to have like at least one song where they are not like um singing in world but it is called beautiful the musical i well like um this is all like a very like subjective um definition of what like i would call a musical because you have things like um la la land where you do have like some songs that are being sung as songs but like you would be um hard pressed to not call that film a musical yeah because i i still feel like beautiful the musical is a musical because it does transition between like they are writing the song and they start singing it and then for example the shirelles who recorded the song it like Mm. switches across and the shirelles come in and finish the song so like i would yeah i still consider beautiful the musical the musical but it doesn't adhere to your musical rules like um i personally wouldn't but like um, i'm not any like um authority on musicals like it's just like what i would call a musical person it's just it's just like an interesting debate and yeah it is yeah and i just um like it is like an actual conversation that that kind of like i've had yeah where, like it's like um taken a while for me to get to this point of thinking yeah so like um for like a while like i wasn't sure if like i would call um high school musical a musical like yeah. even though it's got it i'm um, in the name yeah like because like because like a lot of the songs are sung as songs yeah but like i feel like um, it's got like enough songs that are sung as some kind of um, um inner monologue that like i feel like it's got enough to be called a musical um, okay. in my eyes okay because it was, I, my initial point was I was trying to understand, like, the, I try, you know, sometimes you try and think about something using the logic of the universe in which that thing takes place. So, yeah, like, yeah, for yeah. example, musicals whereby you do sing your inner thoughts, like, that's part of the logic of that world. Yeah. Whereas because this world has both, I just, I, it might, it's probably not even commentable upon, but I commented no, it is, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. Um, I do think, like, um, that is, like, a kind of valid argument. I have seen, like, a lot of people say that um, these films um, aren't musicals for that reason. But, like, um, I've been, like, um, I've been reading the kind of um, Sondheim biography. Yeah. So, like, I feel like, I don't feel like I'm, like, I'm um, any kind of expert right now <laughs> or anything. <laughs> but, like, it's, like, a good background in, like, um, classic theatre. Yeah. So you've got like people like like um Rodgers and Hammerstein um that have the kind of classic classic musical that is all like big show tunes that like um 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 the kind of are all feelings and stuff. Yeah. And then you have people um, um like Sondheim who like have the kind of um intermediate way of um these songs that are still people's feelings and they do still progress the narrative. Yeah. But then some of these songs can just like lift right out of the musical and you could still have like a very coherent play. Yeah. And then like some of them are songs that you do need to progress the story forwards. So they are that yeah. kind of um, inner monologue. So like I feel like that, like like not just Sondheim because I don't know the like broader context, but like I know that um, Sondheim did like help to pave the way for that like distinction between songs that are just songs that that like you don't need for the play slash musical yeah and songs that do help that story so like i feel like that would help to kind of um distinguish between the two songs 
the two types of songs in um in these films where like you do have some that are songs that you don't need for the story that are just like songs for the point of 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 like i'm having a song yeah but then you do have those ones where they do like think through their thoughts and like you couldn't have the film if you didn't have those songs in because you would miss like because you would miss like a um crucial like i'm turning point in the character's journey yeah so, yeah. It's interesting. I, I feel like I, I don't really know a lot about like musical theatre theory. Mm-hmm. But if any of our listeners would like to tweet us their thoughts about what makes something a musical, do you feel yeah. free? We're like I would like to hear like a um different view on it. I wanna learn. Like because it's not something that's got like a strict um definition, like I don't think. I so, feel like, like it'd be um, good to hear. I feel like because I like like musicals, but I'm not like super well versed, I don't I like I know like a bunch, but I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a pro. I just feel like I label so many things musicals. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh, I want to go to the theatre and see a musical. That could yeah. encompass so many things. Yeah, like um, this biography, like um, is written by someone who um, who kind of um, ostensibly had no background knowledge on Sondheim going into it. Yeah. So you don't have that bias clouding it. Like at yeah. least, like um, that's how it's framed at least. Yeah. Like, I don't know um, um, how true that is. But, yeah. like, it does give you, like, a good, like, not, like, an um, entirely broad context of theatre at the time, but, like, it does give you, like, s- some of that context at the time. Yeah. One part of the first film that does um does carry on into the rest of the two films okay. that, like, I did want to bring up um is um Sharpay's Schemes. Okay. So, in each film... Sharpay serves as the kind of um, antagonistic character for Troy and Gabriella. Um, like, um, normally in the vein that she either wants to get with Troy, which I understand, or she wants to be part of the musical that they're um, taking over. Okay. And um, every time, it's framed as her skeeving and conniving. I- I'm being conniving. But... Like, it's always her doing something to help someone, like, progress in life. And it always really confuses me about, like, how it's a ploy. Okay. So, for example, um, it, um, in the first film, her plan, her big evil plan, is to print out the fact that um, Gabriella has won these, like, scholastic um, competitions in the past and give them to the scholastic team at um, East High. Wow, an Einsteinette. There is no harm in making certain that Gabriella is welcome into school activities that are, <laughs> well, appropriate for her. After all, she loves pie. <laughs> Our Scholastic Decathlon team has its first competition next week, and there is certainly a spot for you. I need to catch up on the curriculum here. Well, before I think about joining any clubs. But what a perfect way to get cut up! Meeting with the smartest kids in school. What a generous offer, Taylor! Isn't her plan actually to reschedule the dates of the That's her second dude? plan. Yeah, so like um her second plan is like an actual scheme that's, and that's a plan. A bit like um, I'll give her that. Yeah. But like um her first plan is to basically give Gabriella friends. I would... I'm just like, what are you trying to achieve? Personally, here? and maybe this is just because I wasn't one of the cool kids at school, but I'm like yeah. all she's done is just prove that Gabrielle's pretty clever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like, good she's for you, girl. Just, like, like she's just giving her those connections to like get in contact with the kids who can like um help her forward. Maybe we're too adult. 
Maybe we're maybe we're going like she's an intelligent young girl. What's the matter with that? When maybe like fifteen year old us would be like, Oh my god, it's so She's revealed her deepest, darkest secret. You know, like yeah. at this point in my life I'm like, Yeah, she's very clever. Celebrate yeah, well, that, Gabrielle. You do you. But maybe at the time, like she's like, I want to break away from my background of being a mathlete. It's true. Know. Like, um, in two as well. Like, her big plan is to get Troy the connections that he needs to get into university with a yeah, scholarship. That's really I'm good. I'm just like, well, that's great. Yeah. Like, what? Like, um, why are you mad about this? What seduction technique? Boy, I want you to have some academic success. Yeah, like, but like, but like, it's always framed as her like doing something evil, and I'm just like, well, she's being like, I'm helpful to his life. I, like, what's going on here? I read something once that said that really Sharpay and Ryan should be the heroes, not necessarily in how they are portrayed in these films. Yeah. But in the far insofar as Disney has a history of supporting the message that if you work hard you'll succeed. Yeah. And this person was pointing out that actually like Sharpay and Ryan work really hard their whole lives and like they never succeed. It's always someone else taking it from them. Okay. Whereas if like they were like surely the more typical narrative would be that you'd focus on those two people who are succeeding and the people who are trying to stop them from succeeding would be the bad guys um i don't necessarily say that i support the idea it's just whenever i watch the film now i have like this commentary in the back of my head and i'm like ooh, how do i feel about this like i think that would be a good point if sharpay and ryan didn't come from such obscene wealth yeah because they're not really struggling against adversity because they're very, very privileged. Exactly. Like, you kind of get that um, idea in the first film, but then in the second film, like, and when you see that their parents own this, like, prestigious, like, summer retreat. Yeah. That, uh, that like, they're members of and that they know all the staff of and, like, and they get weighed on um, um, hand and foot and their parents have all these connections and then they're then, like, just like, I don't feel bad for you at all. Yeah, like first film, you can. It's easier to sympathise with them, whereas yeah. I think second film, by that point, their immense wealth is sort of really driven home, and <laughs> yeah, you're like, like it's enough. Well, second film has the there's an implication that actually they get where they get because of connections, whereas in the yeah. first film, they get where they get because they, whilst they are very domineering, and I'm not saying they're nice people. They, there is an implication that they're actually good at what they do, and that's why they're there. Sort yeah, of. like um, in the first film, like um, they're framed as these characters who have like um always been in the plays. Like, like it's, it's because way they too work in, for it's it. It's way too intense, and they need yeah. to tone it down a bit. But <laughs> at the same yeah. point, that it's framed as they're always the stars because they work so hard and blah blah blah. Like they're yeah. very, you know, they're not the nicest of humans. But you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, like Whereas, you get the kind of um idea that they actually rehearse a lot and everything. Yeah, like they work yeah. super hard. Whereas after that, it's it's sort of like oh, they get where they get because they got all these connections, and actually they're not that good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like um, if we can use that to spin off onto Ryan. Okay. So, Ryan is the character that like um most people um rightly say that. He's like um coded as the gay character. Well, the actor himself read him as that and played him as that. Yeah, like it is very, very um easy to read him that way. Like, um beyond like because you could, like like you could argue that um, like casting the um thespian character as the gay one is a bit yeah like um cliche yeah. But like when you get 
to the second and the third film, what I've realised I'm watching them with more perspective on subtext in media. Yeah. From, like, consuming more of it. The... They really code. Um, Kelsey, the person who writes the musical, um, as a lesbian throughout the entire three films. Kelly. Like, um, sorry, yeah, go. I was just gonna say this might be related, but Kelsey's yeah. my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it might be something to do with that coding, but also I just think she's super talented and a great character. What we didn't um record is Nick being like super like um obsessed with her throughout the whole film. Kelsey's, like, Kelsey's in the shot. Yes. Okay, so is it the third film where it ends and like? two people get the scholarship and Kelsey's one of them. That's the yes. third film, isn't it? Because yeah, when it is, that yeah. happened, I was like, damn straight. She is the most talented one amongst you. Yeah. So for yeah. people who don't know, um, in the third film, like they have these four, no, sorry. So they have two scholarships going and there are f- four characters who might get them. Well, there's one scholarship at first, but like it gets like um, branched out um, into two. And you have the person who wrote the musical the choreographer, and then two singers up for it. So when they were, like, um, announcing um, um, who got them, like, um, Sophie just, like, um, got it, like, immediately. Yeah, because she's composed an entire musical whilst two she's musicals. in... Two a... musicals. Yeah, she's composed multiple musicals whilst she's at high school that have been, like, successful within yeah. the high school sphere. Kelsey yeah. is the most talented person there. Yeah. I will also say that I feel like choreographer also deserved that because choreographing at a time, multiple musicals, also a talent. Go you. Yeah. But Kelsey, I was just like fully behind her. I support her in everything she does. Like it was something that like you never really, or like um, I never really thought of like um, until you mentioned it. Um, yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, like of course you would give it to those two yeah. people. Like of course you would. Especially, and I, I do not mean this to sound rude in any way, but a lot of people, you can be a very naturally gifted singer. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of amazing voices around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And I feel like being a naturally gifted choreographer, not choreographer, like a musical like, writer. Like, um, he does more more kind of directing than, like, um... I'm, I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still on Kelsey. I'm okay, just saying, sorry. if you're in high... <laughs> I f- and I feel like, you know... Every high school, you have those people who you know are amazing performers and they perform on all your stuff and you're like super proud of them. Like, I still very clearly remember the people in our high school and there weren't a lot of them who were great composers. Yeah. Because that was at the time. That's like a rarer thing. It's, you know, there are a lot of fantastic voices and this in no way takes away from people who are great singers. But I really vividly remember the one or two people who could compose and that at that age composing things of quality was like mm-hmm. so impressive and so I'm yeah, just like, like i like she's to meant see to it. be what like um 17 18 and she's yeah. like writing like two whole like um coherent musicals yeah i'm yeah. just I'm, I'm fully on the kelsey support train yeah I'm yeah here. but to go back to the coding sorry <laughs> carry <laughs> on, <laughs> on like, so kelsey time. yes just like to sing her praises yeah like, she is, like, one of those kind of, um, secondary characters who you can, um, easily, like, um, um, love more than the main characters. Just want to be friends with Kelsey. Yeah. Do some fun yeah. stuff, you know. So, like, um, so, like, beyond the way that they, like, dress her kind of butch in the first film. Yeah. Because that feels like it's, um, low-hanging fruit. A little hat. Yeah. <laughs> I like, um, like, suits and ties and stuff. Yeah, but that her, bo- just... her bowler hat super cute like um even though that is like general coding for a lesbian like that feels like like a bit 
too too dated even. And then um in the third film, like you have like like this scene that is like um ostensibly about to like set up like Ryan and Kelsey as like um as like love interests, like to go to prom together. But it's so easy to read it as them both finding like l- uh, like finding like a beard in the other person. Whipping pulled a hundred different directions. But whatever happens, I know I've got you. It's beautiful. Thanks. I mean, really, the, this, the, the prom number, everything. It's, it's going to be a great show. Speaking of prom, what are you doing? Well, it's two days before the show. You know, I'm writing orchestrations and fixing charts. I still have to write lyrics. Great. I'll pick you up at eight. You're on my mind, you're in my heart. They can just be each other's beards until they're able to move into an area that is more accepting of their sexuality and they are at a point in their lives when they're ready to come out and then they can part as friends and live their glorious lives. Yeah. yeah, but like it's something that like when you're watching this as like a teen, you're like, oh, they're falling in love, and you're like, no, 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 like they're very clearly. Maybe, maybe that was where my experience differed because I didn't watch it as a teen because I was never like buying them as a couple. Oh yeah, yeah, like um, as like a teen, I was like, um, um this makes no sense, but like um, I can't really say why, but it makes no sense. Yeah. But but kind of now I'm just like because they don't ever like um hold hands or like um act as a couple or anything, but. But they're just like, we're going to prom together, see? We're not gay, we're going to prom together. Da, 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 da. That's nice. Go to prom with your best friend until you can live your authentic self. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But but like it was something that I like um definitely um like picked up on this time. Yeah. So just like throughout um all three films being coded um as a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because um, this isn't to do with Kelsey, obviously, but I did read that the actor who plays Ryan wanted to explicitly play him as being gay, but were told yeah. by studio and the director was on board, but were told by studio executives that they weren't allowed to do that, so they acted it as if, but without being able to be explicit. Yeah, like beyond treating like um every single um camp character um as gay. Yeah. Like I feel like like there is slightly more to it. Um, even if you don't really um, like beyond the kind of superficial things. Well, we we talked, didn't we, about how there's that inexplicable moment where Ryan and Chad just swap clothing. Yeah, and it was like it's after <laughs> so, it's after for context. Well, like, okay, right. I read a yeah. thing because most of my knowledge of High School Musical does come from Tumblr. Yeah. I read a post that was looking about how the I Don't Dance song could be viewed as a sort of coming out narrative whereby as like a seduction almost no 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 whereby chad is saying i don't dance but he is dancing whilst doing this and is obviously yeah. such a talented and natural dancer someone yeah. wrote a whole thing and i don't know who it was to credit them yeah about how you could read the whole thing as chad coming to terms with his sexuality and then it ends mm-hmm. with their clothes swapped and then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's accepted his sexuality. I haven't rewatched the film since our drunken watch through, so I yeah. I wouldn't feel confident enough to be like, this is definitely what it is. But I read the yeah. thing once. So. Yeah, so the scene is basically so you have a song of them playing baseball together and Ryan is trying to convince Chad and his friends to join the musical. 
the the kind of um they're putting on and chad is like um i don't dance so like um, i'm not going to join the musical we don't know how to put together a show no but he does i know what you can do ryan so why not do it for us look if you want to play ball then grab a mitt but i don't dance you don't think dancing takes some game (laughs) (laughs) you got game little but then, like, um, after the song is complete, um, and they've kind of like bonded over the fact that, like, um, like they can both dance and play baseball. Hey, Evans! I'm not saying I'm gonna dance at the show, but if I did, what would you have me do? The like, like, you suddenly um had this scene where they've like swapped clothes. And then you're like, the only reason, like, the only way that they could have swapped clothes, like, um, is if they were both sans clothes in the same place at the same time. Maybe it's meant to, like, symbolise that they can do it all. They can dance and play basketball. I don't know. But, like, I feel like um, these films aren't thought through to that kind of um, allegorical level. But also, but also, like, that's what I just... Multiple people, you know, things happen, and you're like, multiple people had to approve this. Yeah, and I don't know what to draw from it. Like, it kind of feels like to me, like because, like, like, like because nobody mentions it, um, in the film itself. Yeah, that like, 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 um, you could imagine, like, maybe beyond the two actors choosing to do it, yeah. but like, um, the two actors like speaking to the director. Who was like I'm on board with just, like yeah. Ryan being shown as gay. Him just being like, that, yeah, go for it. Yeah, that like you could, like um, you can easily read like that being like a subtext that they were going for. Like because like um I can imagine like um if you work on like a Disney film that's like trying to like um portray itself as like so pure and so like sans of anything like um sexual or like profane yeah in quotes that like you would try to like slip in like as much like subtext as you can yeah like just because you would get like a bit sick of the like um wholesome <laughs> feeling that they go for you'd be like okay i'm um, who's gay with you he's is gay this, with him he's gay with him is this like in in disney films where everyone tries to read really dirty things into the animated disney films oh yeah like when you have like trees that like spell out the word sex yeah. like, that's a bit of a stretch <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch there but okay <laughs> Yeah, um, in the second film, you know you have the manager of the summer club. Um, um, So you have the character called uh, Mr. Fulton. Like, I have the barest of memories, but yes. Yeah, so like, he is that kind of, like, camp old guy trope. Okay. But like, there's a moment that, like, I realised while watching it today, where like, uh, Mr. Fulton says something that's very symbolic of him having a crush on Troy. Okay. So um, he says to Troy, when he's like trying to tell Troy to wear a suit, he's like... Fulton, you have five minutes to change and come with me. In case you're not familiar with this particular item, it goes around your neck. Like a uh, dog collar. <clears throat> chop, chop. Oh. And like it feels like he's like I'm I'm hitting on Troy in like a very strange way. That's odd. I don't like, is that just me or like okay. can you see? Well personally I don't remember it happening. Yeah, well yeah. 
I think that's a bit weird. Yeah. But then so much weirdness happens in these films. But, like, why else would he, like, stumble over, like, his words if he's not, like, imagining Troy in a dog collar? It's just such a... But for, for such a film that doesn't let Troy and Gabrielle kiss, like, that just seems like an odd addition. Um, I did write down that, like, the fact that, like, there's, like, a huge plot, like, um, the main plot of two... Well, I say the main plot. Like, um, a main plot of two yeah. is Troy and Gabrielle like, trying to kiss yeah and like it like constantly failing yeah and like that like level of like sexual frustration like permeates throughout the whole of the three films and like like it kind of like bubbles on like a really like um low heat throughout the whole film of like like it's like not trying to be sexual yeah but there's like this like um undertone throughout um, everything that's like it's not quite there but like it's being like held back like like because Disney. Like, it's trying so hard to not be sexual that there's a resultant sexual tension that yeah, occurs. But, yeah. Like, it's not even, like, a kind of um, innuendo way. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, y- y- you can, like, imagine them, everyone, like, about to make out. Yeah. I have a couple... Before we, like... I just have a couple of, like, points I'd like to make about the first Yeah, film. yeah. Okay. First of all, why is everyone so shocked that Zeke bakes? Because, personally, <laughs> if I found out that my friend loved making creme brulees, I would yeah. be all over that shit. Yeah. Just, everyone is having a pretty big reaction to someone who does something which is beneficial to the rest of you. Because people who bake are great. People who bake and bring baked goods to you are great. If my friend was like, I secretly love baking, I would be like, bake me everything you bake. <laughs> It would be great. Like, you do see them, like, start to, like, um, take them up on the offer. You're like... Yeah, some hmm, people are, but Chad... Like, you have cookies. Chad yeah. is... Like, okay, right. I understand why Chad is resistant to musicals, because he says his mum has seen Phantom of the Opera 27 times and has a mm-hmm. Michael Crawford obsession. So yeah. I feel like maybe Chad has had some residual mental scarring. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're a teenager, your parents do stuff, and you're like, oh god, this is the most embarrassing and awful thing on the planet. Yeah, like, um, um parents are so uncool. Yeah, and then you grow up and you're yeah. like, actually, it's fine, they're autonomous human beings, they have interests, it's okay. But, like, as yeah. a 15-year-old, this is like, this is the worst! So I can totally yeah. see how to chat his best friend suddenly jumping on the bandwagon of this thing that his mum does that is, like, the worst thing in the world to him. I can get mm-hmm. that. I cannot understand why he holds it against him that he makes a mean creme brulee. Okay. Crème brûlée is great. Here's my theory. Okay. So we've already um talked about the fact that like we have that whole subtext between Chad and Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Do you, um do you think there's a chance that um there's like a like a way of watching these films where Chad comes from from like a household where like um his parents or maybe um just his dad are very um homophobic. So like um he has these two friends who one gets into musicals and two starts baking both of which he sees as like feminine things to do and like he's like secretly like i'm um, harboring feelings for his male friends and he's like oh no no dial back everything no i hate this i can see whereby baking is an activity that is co- commonly associated with the feminine sphere yeah. and i can see how it is coded that zeke baking somehow makes B- zeke and I'm using air quotes that you can't see, less mm-hmm. of a man. Yeah, we all yeah. know that's bullshit, but I can see how we're coding it this way. 
Yeah. Um, I just feel like love of creme brulee should outweigh homophobia. <laughs> uh, is that like our takeaway from this episode? Yeah. Why be homophobic yeah. when you could eat creme brulee? Or why be homophobic when you could just be a decent human being? But I was going to say that. Yeah. Like, there are other reasons other than creme brulee <laughs> to not be a piece of shit. But like... I'm trying to. Anyway, sorry. I feel like the alcohol maybe is making me be less analytic and more just like veering off into small rants occasionally. We've okay, already done the so... is this feminist media, and now we're on the why oh. be homophobic when you could be a decent human. <laughs> so, any of our listeners who have right wing views, um, I Ooh. think me on alcohol is both. I feel like I know everything, so I'm just like, yes, all of these theories on fiction. But then there's the other side of me that, like, spends the whole time spewing how much I think Zac Efron is hot in these films. So, like, um, if you scroll down to my notes okay. on three. Okay. So, like, um, I've sent Sophie, like, a link to my notes that I made, like, while making these episodes. <laughs> already, already, we <laughs> are five bullet points down and it's just <laughs> full capital letters. Zac Efron looks so fucking good in this movie. Give yeah. another five bullet points, full caps. Zach Efron is so hot and it's raining. And just, you know, like, repeat. <laughs> like, um, alcohol and me watching um, Zach Efron up in these films. Like, it's not a good combination for, like, um, coherent thoughts. I feel like we. Sh- I see, because I don't find Zach Efron attractive in any of these films. And I think okay. that is part of what my resistance to these films were when I was a teenager is yeah. because there was the cult of Zach Efron. And I was very resistant to that because I just didn't get it. Yeah, okay. You know, you know when I, come, I used to be in that cult. But you know, you know when everyone finds so and so attractive, and you just don't see it, and you're just like, I just don't care. Yeah, I was yeah, like, like I'm, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I was like a little bit like that. I was like, I don't even want to watch it because everyone keeps going on about this, and I just give zero shits. Can I try and explain? my obsession with with Zac Efron in these films. Can I... If I can try and be coherent. Can I also just ever so slightly interject and say... Yeah, I can totally understand how, as a teenager, you'd be into mm-hmm. that. But yeah. just, like, me as teenager never had that foundation, so now I would find it weird to still find him attractive. Yeah. yeah. That's all that I'm yeah. saying. But carry on with yours. Okay, so... This is going to sound like super hipster, but like I first saw Zac Efron in this film that showed on Channel 5 in the UK during the day, like once when I was home ill. Okay. So, so it was this film. You saw Zac called... Efron before he was cool. Exactly. Is what yeah. we're going like, for, um, yeah. um, I was there first. Like um, um, he owes me basically. Yeah. <laughs> you discovered <Yeah>. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like um, he was in this film called um, Miracle Run. Okay. The I can still remember it just because I'm he was in. I was like, I like this film. This film is great. And it was about two twins, and at least one of them, could mean both of them, was like um autistic. Okay. And like it was this like film about how they were like discovering like how to be people despite this. Okay. And like um I was like um of age with him at the time. And like he had this look to him that was like frightened. Okay. <laughs> the like um sounds weird to like um cool um attractive like by saying that like um he looked like wide-eyed and frightened. Okay. But like he has that look in the first of these films as well where like 
where like he's constantly wide-eyed and i think because i'm watching this as an adult i just can't get on board with that yeah because he looks like a scared teenager and i'm just like no thank you yeah (laughs) i want none of this yeah like it is like a matter of like when you come into these films and like when you first see them because like i've got a friend who calls him in the first film like far too young yeah and like um she likes him like once he gets to like third film level yeah like um then she's on board with it i'm like not into any of them apart from now vanessa hudgens as rizzo in greece live she rocks it everyone um, in these films is just like so attractive the whole time vanessa has blossomed she was always beautiful and i look at these films and i'm like that is a beautiful girl she looks lovely whereas nowadays i'm like vanessa hudgens I, i get it I get that. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. This took a turn. We had like a, a deep examination into like your sexual awakening of Zach Efron there. So, <laughs> you know. I do like um, um how we've gone from like deep, deep fiction, like talk to like, he's really fainting. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I jump off of that and yeah. talk about like the moment where he has to act in reaction to uh Gabriella being like I'm auditioning that moment pure yeah. pure gold like pure comedic gold just like cuz you know he does like the thing where he's like gesturing with his hands and she's like what is she doing then he puts a hand on his head and then he like spins in a circle and it's yeah. like well like it's just so overacted and I love it <laughs> like it's just, it's not good but it's great any last-minute sign-ups? No? Good? Done. I'd like to audition, Miss Darbus. Timeliness means something in the world of theatre, young lady. The individual auditions are long, long over, and there are simply no other pairs. I'll sing with her. Troy Bolton? Where is your sports posse, or whatever it's called? Team. Ah. Um, but I'm here alone. Actually, I'm here to sing with her. Like, there's that fine line between... When does like um when does um melodrama become like um overacting? Yeah, and you know in the second yeah. film and he's doing that song on the golf course and he's like, It's the most dramatic thing ever. <laughs> that I, is good melodrama. But though. it again yeah. over the top, but like fantastically so. It is. <laughs> like, you know, I don't watch high school musical and Disney films for like super realistic acting. Yeah. And I was just like, every time it happens, I'm just like, Oh you <laughs> look at you, you're doing the best you can. It is great. <laughs> Um, what do you think are the best songs in these films then? Um, oh, if you can um if you can name any remember the songs in these films. I mean, I know we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Yeah. And I know Breaking Free. We're breaking free And yeah, I know okay. Get Your Head in the Game. Okay. Those are the only three songs that I can name you off the top of my head. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> to be honest and the tiki tiki thing but well, that's shit uh, yeah so there's a f- so there's like one song called um humu humu nuku nuku um apua is that the tiki tiki one yeah it is yeah my sweet prince humu humu nuku nuku apua because like yeah. i'm always a bit uncomfortable with that because i feel like we're maybe verging into territories where we just shouldn't have gone there yeah, like it's a song where you're like, um, is this offensive? I think it's offensive, but I'm not quite sure. I feel like it probably is. I feel like if you have to ask yourself if it's offensive, then it probably is. 
in like a situation like this where it's a Disney film with a white protagonist singing something that's supposed to be based from a different culture that oh yeah you know yeah then then you're in situations where you're like hmm <laughs> should we have done this could Probably we have not. done something else yeah and again I don't actually have a good enough memory of that song to be able to give more in-depth thoughts on this it could be fine I don't really I just remember watched it, it. Um, um, it's not fine we no, it's not. okay because <laughs> it's not by that time on the drinking game we were like well into the drinking game by that point so I don't have um, the best memory like, Ryan had had so many hats by that point like and we were just the, gone. the only rule of the drinking game I remember is drink every time Ryan wears a different hat and that is a lot he of has times. so many hats I just whoever thought that that was a costuming decision that needed to be made I applaud them do you think they thought ahead and were like, one day, probably a, a, probably a student will make a drinking <laughs> game out of this and they'll be pleased. My favourite song okay. in these films. So you've got, a f- so like when I was going through the song list and I was like, oh, um, um, this song, this song, this song. Yeah. But like the song that I keep coming back to is, it's really cheesy, but it's from the third film. It's called, um, Can I Have This Dance? Okay. And it's when... Troy and Gabriella are on the rooftop of the school. Okay. Which, like, um, just they seem to have access to it for naturally, some reason. Naturally, naturally. Yeah. No, he says in the first one, wasn't it? Like, no one goes up there because it's, like, science or something. I know, but that seems, like, strange to me. Like, that doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they learn to waltz yeah. together. Oh, I vaguely and, remember this, yeah. Like, it's this really cute and daring scene. And, like, again... Like, it's a film I watched when, like, um, I was in peak, like, um, emotional mode because, like, I was, like, about to leave to go to university. Yeah. So to see this, like, I kind of um, hesitate to say, like, pure love because that's, like, far beyond what this actually is. Yeah. But, like, this, like, genuine affection between these two people. Yeah. And it's in this, like, quiet moment on the rooftop where they're just, like, practicing dancing for the prom. Yeah. And then because it's, like, a Disney film, like, it starts to rain while they're dancing. Naturally. So they're, like, dancing in the rain. And then um, Zach Efron's shirt gets wet, and I'm like, yes, it's even better. But <laughs> yeah, but like, um, it's the song that, like, it's just like a really sweet song. Yeah. Just about how, no matter how apart they get, yeah. they're still going to be together. <laughs> like, it's in my kind of playlist of songs that I have um, if I get sad. Yeah. I'm just like, here's this, like, um, um, happy, um, optimistic song. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just zipping back to like talking about the actors and stuff. Yeah, I really want to give Ashley Tisdale a round of applause for mm. never breaking character and how stupid some of the things she says is. <laughs> yeah, like I'm sure there's a lot of bloopers where she's laughing, but like she did enough for them to make three movies of her. Like there is one blooper of the kind of second film. Yeah, where like Sharpay storms into a scene. Yeah, um, like a serious scene. And then, like, rants off to Troy about... I knew it! Coral blue! It's perfect for your skin tone. And mine too! Ah! We are majorly skin tone compatible, Troy. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> you don't need to. I'm here for you. But, like, uh, in the blooper, she, like, starts, like, breaking down. Just like, his skin tone blue, coral blue. <laughs> She's just, like, realising, like, um, how ridiculous her lines she are. She says so many ridiculous lines, and she does them so well. 
Yeah, she does. She so fully commits, and I just I think that was great. <laughs> like um, I do feel like from what I've seen, like stuff that I've rewatched. Yeah. The like the kind of classic like mean girl character um uh, is the character that like once you start to like think about what you like about media then you realize that like they're actually like a really like fun character to watch yeah like they say the most ridiculous things <laughs> yeah like you have like um cordelia in buffy cordelia is my favorite like um if you just watch it like from the point of view of Buffy, like yeah. she's awful to like to the main characters. But then, like when you start to think about like what you find um entertaining, yeah, like she says some really like biting things, she but they're does. like really funny things. Yeah, and I think Sharpay is the same. Like she's really she's not a very nice person at times. No, <laughs> but at the same time, she's very entertaining. She is. There's a, there's a moment in the first film which I wrote down where mm. um it's how she gets up for their performance. Okay. You know, like they're sat down and then they're like called to do the thing. And yeah. she like she does this standy twirly what's it thing and then like <laughs> waltzes onto the stage and performs. And I was just at yeah. that moment I was like, Oh Sharpay, how do I love thee? <laughs> like like it's when you have characters that are so like um unquestionably awful. Yeah. And also like the fact that this behaviour somehow means that she's one of the most popular people in school. Like, could you imagine some of the things she says, like evaporate tall person, stuff like that. If yeah. someone in our secondary school tried to use that as a legitimate insult, I don't yeah. think people would be like, you're really cool. No. Like, yet, do you think, like, yet. some of these characters don't, like, translate well? Like, most of these kind of um, popular characters, like, they wouldn't translate well into real life at all. But And, you know, like... A lot of the things we've already talked about, we don't watch Disney films for the realism. No. <laughs> it's just quite funny to imagine putting them in like a real life secondary school situation. Yeah. So I've already talked about the fact that the third film meant a lot to me like because of the time I watched it. And the final scene in the third film is they all graduate and then they all sing the song um called um called um high school musical okay and then um the six main characters dance off of their field that they had the um graduation on okay and then like run onto this stage run under like a um curtain yeah and then like do like a kind of traditional um curtain call that you would have in a musical okay where like everyone kind of like bows and is like yeah um, thank you i have like the vaguest of memories of this yeah um but like it made me think that like as these films go through like it's like um the director learned what like a musical actually needs (laughs) yeah So, so like when you like when you look at the songs like um high school musical one is like way more like um a film that has songs in it yeah like from what we talked about before yeah and then, like by the time you reach three like you have songs that actually have like um reprises yeah that, like show up like um like um um, um later on in the musical to like call back to that moment <laughs> but with like a new twist yeah and then it's like wow they were like wow they've got like a reprise of a song oh my god it's groundbreaking yeah yeah like, um, I do like that. Like when you look at like one person's like um body of work over time, 
like I do appreciate when you can look at the mum and see that growth. Yeah. Of like, um, I don't know if I'm um, either like um he got more like daring about like what he thought he was like um allowed to put in, and also or, like, you know, bigger budget, more you know, final one was the only one that was done in a cinema, like yeah. you know, different situations and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, but, like, it is good to see... It's all part like, of the growth, in it? Yeah, like, it is good to see that, like, um, he didn't just, like, make the same film as the first one again. Yeah. Like, he was actually, like, trying to improve and, like, make it more like an actual musical. Yeah. I, I did think uh, having the final song being the um, titular song... Yeah. That, like, helps to, like, bring it all together. And, like, um, um even though it is, like, a cheesy way to like to wrap it all up yeah i think it did do a do like a good job of wrapping it all up and like tying that uh nice little bow on it yeah what i did find while doing research for the for this episode though is that in march of last year they announced that they're making a um high school musical four. Oh, i think i've heard of this isn't it isn't zach efron not coming back for it i read that here that the cast promised to come back um, after they graduate yeah so but that seems like a very like 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 vague promise yeah but like i'm not sure how i feel about like a four yeah like like i'm even though i do love the first three like i feel like i'm done like, yeah I'm, i've not watched the spin-off film starring sharpay <laughs> like i don't want to watch that yeah like i'm done like um they graduated they went off to college and like they've they've lived their lives now like i'm, a, view I'm it, okay view it like this Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Cursed slash Cursed Child happened yeah. recently. Yeah. Some people have fully embraced it as part of the canon. Uh-huh. Some people refuse to accept it as part of the canon. To some, it's just an added bonus that you can experience, but it's not part of the actual canonical world. Yeah. Take it like that. Be like, I'll take what I can get because it's fun, but I, if I don't like it that much, I don't have to accept it. And I can just pretend it never exists. Live in denial I... is what I'm saying. I think. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm like um primed for that. Like um, as someone um who read comics because like I'm, I'm just like um, I like the version of this character from here to here. Yes, I'm gonna like, ignore I'm, I'm, the rest. Everything else is no. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. As someone who did not love Chris Child, I'm personally mm-hmm. not necessarily taking it into my canonical view of the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, so like, like, um, I, um, I do feel like that is your like not right, but like like it's your choice. Um, as a reader, yeah. like what you want to accept into like what, yeah, what like um how you view certain worlds. Yeah. Um, I do feel like this episode has been both like really constructive and really like um disorderly at the same time. I feel like we've applied, like we've tried to analyze something that maybe was never intended to be analyzed. <laughs> Yeah, you know. So we've got that like depth um, um, and that like um detour of just like yeah, like, this is ridiculous. Like we've gone quite deep on what is actually very little information. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we've probably just like gone ways that people are like, why did you end up there? Um, I feel like that's the fun of things that are really shallow. Yeah, to like pick them apart um, in a way that the creators never really intended. Um, like it is a good stepping stone for conversations that you might not otherwise have yeah because like we talked about like can you both be a trope and a good good example of feminism at the same time yeah that like you couldn't get 
from like an actual a decent good complex film. film. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Like it's debatable whether or not that's like a conversation worth having. Yeah. But we had it anyway. But we've done it. So <laughs> we've committed to that really. You are welcome listeners. You are welcome. <laughs> At the end of each episode, we each assign a number of flailings to the thing that we've been discussing. You can see our ranked number of of flailings list over on mightyville.com and a companion post to go along with each episode. Sophie, um, how many flailings do you give um, High School Musical? Like a... like a five? Or a four. Okay. Maybe a four. Because, like... I thoroughly enjoyed watching it for the first time and doing the drinking game. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. This time around, I didn't hate it, but like I just I wasn't super into it. But you got a bit bored. I got like I was enjoying it at the start because I was like, oh, it's this bit, oh, it's this bit, and I was like yeah. singing along. Um, and then by the end, I was like, I'm a bit done, and I kind of want to do other things. Okay. <laughs> so like I think because I don't have that foundation of teenage love for it. Yeah. It's something that I'm like, it's not super bad, but it's just not really an obsession. Okay. How about you? I think, um, despite what I've said, like, um, I think I would give it like a 6.5. Okay. Like, it's a thing that I can um, consistently um, come back to as like a comfort film. Yeah. Like, like you know how you've got um, Drive Me Crazy. I was going to ask, is this your Drive Me Crazy? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, if I just want to watch something that like um, i just know really well and it's not challenging like it's very um like simple and wholesome yeah like um um i will watch these films yeah like um if you'd have asked me when i was like i'm um, 18 like um, i would have been like 10 it's a 10 <laughs> i love them like um i do remember that when um your brother came over to my house yeah and they found the um in my iTunes, um, all I had was the soundtrack for these three films. <laughs> I remember being um, told about this, And they actually. mocked me for, like, for like four years. Yeah, and then James immediately came home and immediately started mocking you to me. Really? Yeah, I was told all about it. I oh, vividly remember. Great. Thanks, James. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of this episode of You Know What I Like. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave a rating and a review. It helps other people to find the show, and we'd love to be able to flail at more people. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to us ramble, and please follow the podcast on Twitter at ykwilpodcast, or drop us an email at ykwilpodcast at gmail.com. There's also a monthly post that goes up over on mightyville.com and ykwilpodcast.com, so check over there to see that. See you then! <laughs>